Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play fake for Cousins. In the pocket, he's hit and sacked, and the ball is free. It bounces around inside the 15, and Denver's got it. Shelby Harris got the football. Harris came from the blind side and hit Kirk Cousins right in the back. This is Shell Shocked. Quick pass to the middle, intercepted in the end zone! Intercepted by Shelby Harris! The defensive lineman with the play of the game! The Shelby Harris Podcast. Four-man pressure, Carl looks for the end zone, throws the ball, that is deflected! And two-point conversion is nullified! Guess who? Shelby Harris! Tenth pass deflection of the season! Defensive end Shelby Harris with Brandon Kristall. The season comes down to a snap. And Goff is looking to throw it. He throws it. It's caught for the first down by DJ Chark. And you can hear them from all the way in Seattle. The Lions have come into Lambeau. And they've knocked the Packers down and out. A pretty exuberant call there. Mike Tirico on NBC Sports Sunday Night Football. Every football fan I know was watching that game. I texted you pretty shortly after to congratulate you on getting to the playoffs. So let's start there because I know all of the 12s that are listening to us right now were as excited as I'm guessing you and all your teammates were pretty darn close when the Lions picked up that first down after you guys obviously survived and, and beat the Rams in OT. And now you go into the playoffs for the first time in nine years and with Geno Smith and all that's gone on in the last, you know, nine, ten months around that organization, take me to that moment as you were watching Mike Tirico and Chris Collinsworth call that game against your childhood team where lots of friends are cheering for the Packers, maybe. Yeah, um, you know, it was just a, that whole game, you know, was just a whole crazy-ass game, just watching it from start to finish, from Packers being up, the Lions, you know, Lions having an interception and getting taken away from a hands to the face. And, you know, that's we were, yeah, my whole house was watching that whole, whole game. Uh, and I was just at home after the game with my wife and uh, the kids. And we were just, you know, watching it together just because it's funny because we I've never even been in a situation like this before where you are even in a situation to like be in the playoffs after the last week of the season. You know what I mean? Like, you're sitting here watching people, oh, they win and get in. I've never been in a situation like that in my whole career. So, so to, you know, to be at home with my family, you know, with the people who have seen seen my disappointment after every every year and and to, you know, just to be with the people, um, you know, who have been with me from the beginning and, and to experience that moment of, you know, truly, like, it's crazy. You see them get the first down. And then instantly it's like, holy shit, we're going to the playoffs. And obviously my whole thing is this is like, you know, you don't want to get too excited obviously about going to the playoffs, but shit, it's my first time. You know, in my nine-year career, it's my first time going to the playoffs. And so it's not even just being excited. It's just like, damn, finally. every like This thing that everyone has been talking about, this, you know, this place that everybody constantly hypes up and to get to the, you know, to get the – 
the main thing that we want, the Super Bowl, you got to get to the playoffs. And so this is the first step, but, you know, I'm, I'm excited as hell, but, you know, you know, hopefully it doesn't stop this Saturday. It's all about stacking, you know, and, and that's and, and that's what we plan to do. And it's got to be such a weird emotional swing for you or, or just, I don't say emotional swing, but processing all the emotions with you guys take care of business. Game was a little closer than certainly you wanted. Appreciate not that Baker Mayfield uh, was nice to y'all. The defense went and took the ball away, but you guys get the interception, get the win, kick the field goal, especially after Myers missed the, is that your kicker's name? Myers. Yeah, Jason Myers. Yeah. You guys get the interception, you get the win, Myers makes a field goal, redemption after missing the one at the end of regulation. That, that was an easy kick by any means. So you win the game, but then it is out of your control, and you're going home to watch Aaron Rodgers, who so many times has ripped the hearts out of Lions fans and Bears fans and Vikings fans, and, and he's been a, uh, as good a quarterback as this generation's seen. And they come up short, the Lions take care of business, but your fate is in their hands. So then you do have that excited moment how long did you allow yourself and your family and friends to celebrate and enjoy it before it clicked like, oh, shit, now we've got a game. Oh, and the schedule's out. We're playing Saturday. We're not even playing Sunday or the Monday, the last game like the Bucks and Cowboys have. Like, we've got a short week. They've got a short week, too. But it's, it's go time now. Like, how much room did you allow yourself before it was like, okay, it's game week now. Let's get going. You know, it was just crazy because obviously, you know, that game ended. And then, you know, me and my wife, you know, we're talking, hugging and shit. And then I'm just like, oh, well, let me get the normal tech, get these legs ready again. Because, you know, pretty much right after that game was over, it was like, all right, it's time to get ready for the next week. You know, we got to, you know, really just lock in and, and go overboard for recovery. You know what I mean? Like truly go overboard. And also, you know, going in the playoffs and playing on Saturday, that's, a le- that's one less day of recovery. So, you know, just truly just doing everything you can to be ready because, I, you know, I'll be damned if I miss miss a damn playoff game, especially the first one in my career. So, or anyone, you know what I mean? Like who, like truly, like who, all the work that we've done to get here and then you can't even play that first game, that, that, that's that real pain. So, you know, I'll be damned if, if, you know, if anyone doesn't do any everything it takes to get back on the field. So you can't predict the future. You said you wanted to enjoy the moment. Have you even thought about it, or am I going to be curious if I'm bringing something up? Your career started in the Bay Area. You met your wife in the Bay Area. The Niners play about 20, 25 minutes from where she grew up. You've got a bunch of family and friends. I don't know how many tickets you're getting, and and you can tell us how many folks want to come to the game. But will you allow yourself, whether you're sitting in the hotel Friday night or on the bus pregame or even – and it's not the same stadium, right? You obviously played for the Raiders. But – Will you allow yourself just kind of that full circle moment to think of what your career has been and where it is before the game starts? We'll see. Obviously, you want to win the game and keep your playoff run going and get to the Super Bowl. That's not we're not, we're not it doesn't end Saturday by any means. Uh, certainly, hopefully. But have you even spent any time thinking about the full circle nature of where your first playoff game is and all of that? You know, honestly, full circle wise, I think about where I am in my career almost damn near once a week. You know, if not more, because it's just like, you know, way, the way my career started to where I am now, I don't I like, you know, that's not a normal story. Most people wouldn't be here nine years later. So, you know, full circle, finally going to the playoffs, it's truly something special. And it's something and it kind of, you know, it's like you can pat yourself on the back for, you know, the perseverance, you know, perseverance part of it. 
just from being cut so many times and being told no and, you know, not being on a team most of the time my third year. But, you know, for this first playoff game to be kind of where it started for me, like in the Bay Area, uh, you know, it's it's truly, it's cool. It's just such a cool experience. And, you know, I got my wife, uh, the kids, my mom, like, you know, they're all coming to the game. And, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, it's finally here. And, you know, I, for me, I'm, you know, in high school, I only, I only lost two games all high school. I won state my sophomore year. We lost at state my junior year. I won state my senior year. So I, I grew up a winner. And I grew up being in the playoffs. I grew up being successful in the playoffs. And, you know, I'm not saying it's kind of the same, but it kind of feels like, you know, you're just falling right back into old habits. And, and you know, and when, when it comes to your preparation and when it comes to, you know, what it, you know, and honestly, at the end of the day, every week is going to be different, you know, whenever, whoever you play in these playoffs. But, you know, I'll tell you this, that I, my ass would be ready. The Seattle Seahawks would be ready. You know, and it's crazy because if you really think about it, the Seattle Seahawks, since Pete has been here, I think he's 13 seasons, he's been in the playoffs 10 times. I was talking to Puna about it the other day. I was like, oh, damn, like, you've been in the playoffs before? How many times you been there? He's like, bro, the only time I never went was last, last year. Last year, right, right. Like, and that's what's crazy is, like, for a lot of people, like, you know, for some teams, this is normal. That Like, you know, you think about it, if you're if you're on the Packers, if you're, you know, you're on these teams like that, you know, have the, these guys, that's normal going to the playoffs. Being Tom Brady's teammate, that's yeah. normal going to the playoffs every year. And so for me coming here and this being my first one, it's just, you know, it's surreal. But honestly, I wouldn't pick a, a better group of guys to go through that shit with. And the ups and downs of this year, uh, you know, and to be where we are, you know, and especially with nobody rooting for us, everybody doubted us from the minute we, from the minute this, from the minute that trade happened. Seattle wasn't supposed to win more than two, three, four games. And now we're talking about the playoffs. So so when I talk about the playoffs, that's me being excited for this team, being excited obviously for myself. But then also it's more of like a fuck you to everybody else because nobody expects us to be here and nobody expects us to win this week either. So, you know, hey, we love being the underdogs. That's, you know, that's what we've been all year. Yeah, I'm curious because you guys rely on so many rookies and there's a lot of young players, and the turnover in in the NFL's significant, even on really good teams, regardless, year over year. But to your point, guys like Puna Ford and guys that have been around that organization multiple years, playoffs is old hat. But for Pete specifically, I'm not sure you have a better coach in the playoffs right now that, and just looking down at it, it's factual. <laughs> yes, Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. And yes, Andy Reid has won a Super Bowl. But beyond that, you guys have been parts of winning staffs. But nobody else has done what Pete's done and can get his team ready and understands the gravity of the situation, understands what being an underdog is, even at home. You know, you go all the way back to what I want to say is probably Pete's first playoff win with the Beast Quake and them under 500. And I apologize if I have my history wrong a little bit, but I, I think that that, if, that that is right, that... All Pete does is get to the playoffs and win. And yes, Russell Wilson was a big part of that. But Geno Smith has played as well as anybody in the NFL. Earned his Pro Bowl nod. Your team has played great. And Pete's probably the perfect guy to let you enjoy the moment but not get caught up in it. Yeah, and that's, you know, the benefits of having a veteran coach that's had success. 
you know, and but it's not just the coach that needs experience, you know, all the players do. And this team has a lot of players that have been around and, and played and played in playoff games. And so, you know, it's just, it's an exciting time. But at the end of the day, you know, we we're both going in there with a, with a job to do and only one can advance. And, and this is what we've been waiting for. This is what I've been waiting for. Win or go home games. Those are the, like, throw your record out the window. Nobody cares about what your record is. It's win or go home. And, and and that's the shit that, you know, makes me excited. So that's what I can't wait for. Well, and I'm curious, how beneficial, if at all, is it that you guys got to see Brock Purdy already once and there is a bunch of film uh, of him? You look at some of these other quarterback situations around the league and it's going to be interesting. Uh, now the Bengals, we'll, we'll see what ends up happening there, but they will have just played this kid if they end up playing against Anthony Brown again. Skylar Thompson's got some film with the Dolphins and we know how many weapons the Dolphins have, but... You guys got to see Brock Purdy up close. He had a, himself a game, and he's had himself a bunch of games. And you got to credit, obviously, they have a hell of a defense. Nick Bosa's maybe going to be defensive player of the year. And that run game with not just Mitchell, but certainly Christian McCaffrey and his addition. But this is your rival. You guys see them all the time. Pete and Kyle know each other really well. And there have been some great matchups in the regular season between these two teams. And, and even in the playoffs in, uh, in the Pete Carroll era that have gone the way of the, of the Seahawks. Uh, but have really been fun games. So I guess how good and bad is it that you guys know each other so well, uh, but, you know, obviously they know you too. Uh, would you think that's good, bad, or it doesn't really matter? I think it just makes for a better game. You know, a team that's played somebody twice already before, and, and you know, a team that's in a division, that that's – you know each other. So you, it's truly, you know, fight off the, off the stream. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you got you to gotta really just go out there and play ball. You know, every obviously, you know, San Fran always has the, you know, the gadgets and all, you know, all the trick plays and the random, you know, the random shit that they do. But we've seen it. And, you know, it obviously it's, you know, the San Fran's offense, the way they've been rolling, you know, they struggle a lot. You know, other teams struggle a lot more when they don't play them twice. And and you see the last couple games that we've played against them, it has been tighter games. So I definitely feel like, you know, playing a division foe, there's way more intensity in it because we got to play them twice a year anyway, and we're both fighting for the same thing. But then also with the familiarity part of it, it kind of makes it that you, you just have to go out and win. You can throw a little gadget or something here or there, but especially with the weather conditions, it's supposed to be a monsoon damn near. You know what I mean? So it's just like, it's mano y mano. You know, I always say this, it's whoever's going to make the least amount of mistakes is going to win this game. So, you know, they're, I know they're going to be ready, and we are too. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to be at Disney World, <laughs> and the game kicks is I think we'll be going park to park. We're doing two parks Saturday, two parks Monday. My wife has a conference down there, so it was already planned. And then I'm looking at the times of the games, and I'm like, gosh, well, I guess I'll make sure my phone's fully charged and ready to go <laughs> so that it, as I'm going ride to ride or whatever it is, I'm keeping an eye on on every snap of your game because it kicks at 4.30. Make sure you bring that extra charger. Oh, bring I that port. Portable. Oh, Don't got, forget the portable. I've, I've got it. The lithium ion can't go under the plane. I've got it right here with me in my bat, ready to go. No, I, look, I love for as much. And look, you, you know, I went to the University of Kansas. Love the first weekend of the tournament and the upsets in March Madness. With the NFL, the NFL falls into stuff all the time, and this is a good example. Expanding the playoffs, and yes, 14 out of 32 teams, a lot of teams making the playoffs. Not as many as in basketball, where 16 of 30 make it. But that's a lot of teams making the playoffs. Sure, good teams didn't make it, and, and we see that. But 
having the extra game on Monday night, having three games on Sunday and, and having six games on the weekend instead of instead of four with two buys, I'm all for it. And yes, I will be at Disney. It's going to be tricky. But I am all for it from the second the first playoff game starts to the end of the last playoff game on Monday night. I'm in doing fantasy games and everything else. It's it's a lot of fun. And so I can't I can't wait. But I, I was so stoked for you and your Seahawks teammates and, and texted you. Have we shortly. ever seen a Monday night wild card game? Last year. James, we were talking about that in the locker room. Was it with a Monday Night uh, Wild Card game? James Conner uh, and the Cardinals played against the Super Bowl champion Rams. James Conner's touchdown helped me uh, win a couple couple nickels. Is all I'll say. So yeah, absolutely. Last Monday, Damn. yeah, last year on a on a Monday, I remember absolutely the car, the Rams blew blew their doors off, but uh, nothing touchdown for James Conner was good for me. Um, so the rest of the playoffs. Are you even have you even really even looked at the matchups or thought about the AFC at all and all the stuff going on with how they ultimately came down on where they might play an AFC title game? They still haven't named a neutral site. They're going to I think wait till Monday to to narrow that down or or make it official because all these places where it would make sense have said no thanks, like Indy and maybe Detroit. They they can't do it. They have other stuff planned or whatever. Are you are you thinking about anything else, or are you just totally locked Not in at the all. Niners? You don't even know the matchups. Not at all. Yeah, don't even know matchups. I'm talking about I, like I'm treating it just like the season. Yeah, it's you know a week to week thing. You you got to focus on who your opponent is, and the minute, especially in this league, the minute you start looking ahead, is the minute you get your ass beat. And you know. No shade to TCU, but I'm not trying to get <laughs> trying to get dogged. <laughs> you feel me? So you know, I think that's how everyone is. But you know, that's just a you know a common rule. The, the first, the, the minute you start looking at games ahead of you, those games before that are going to they're going to you're going to get your ass beat. So, nah, man, we're worried about the 49ers and the 49ers only. Yeah, my old high school running backs coach Sonny Dykes and his uh, TCU Horn Frogs did not fare as well as they did in the semifinal against Michigan. That was not much of a game. I did tell my neighbor, I go, it could be 50 to 10. Like, I was pulling for TCU as a Big 12 guy, and with, like I mentioned, Sonny Dykes, my junior was our running backs coach. But I thought, I mean, Georgia's got pros on pros. Their worst pro might be their quarterback, and he may end up being an okay pro too, but everywhere else, up and down. And you remember last year we were talking about Georgia, and they were perhaps more dominant this year in, in some ways, although as a Missouri friend of mine said, hey, Missouri was a field goal away from – kicking him out of the playoffs. I'm like, all right, well, instead they won 65 to seven and you guys were in the independence bowl or whatever. <laughs> so, hey, I'm not real big on college teams because once again, you're playing other college players. And so how are you supposed to tell if someone's really a pro or not? You know what I mean? Like you're not, if you're not playing against a pro caliber player, how does, how can someone just be like, Oh look, that's pro talent right there. Yeah. I guess I'm just you know going I mean? by what the evaluator. You know, some, some of these highlights are against yeah. Just look at the look at the schools some of these highlights are against. So like sure. granted, like, you know, some of these people's highlights are against like, you know, the bottom of the barrel schools with you know, and you know, colleges, the difference with college and pros, colleges have real big holes. Like if you don't have a guard or you know, a tackle that's playing, it's very unlikely you have another one on your roster. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like another one that's actually decent. So colleges have real big holes and opportunities for certain players to exploit them you know when you play you know the certain certain teams the lower teams in your conference yeah well you know me you know you can really get a good look at somebody within the first you know that first camp 
You know, that's how, you know, how I've seen so many first and second round picks come in and not be anything close to what we expected of them. But then you see a seventh round pick come in and the guy's a dog. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I just feel like, you know, it's all about competition, but then also it's like, what, what can you do against other pros? All right. Well, when George has a bunch of dudes in the pros, then I'll say, yeah, well, that's how I knew they were pros because going by what talent evaluators are saying, not me. But regardless, that was a big story Monday night. Monday, I guess, and Sunday into Monday, it can. it's one of the two black Mondays in the NFL in terms of coaches getting let go. Now there was already a head hey, start. Hey, better watch how it go. Better watch it. Black Monday. You I know, don't call it that. Coaches getting fired in Houston. NFL Network black calls it that. Black coaches getting fired in hey, Houston. they should black, rename all it. All these black coaches in Houston. They should um, rename that's, it. That's, uh, don't, even talking about that, like Houston, fucking Houston. You know, so what you don't have, you don't have, one pick, they don't have it now because congrats to Lovey. But, but you know, you don't have the number one pick. You don't have a you know a, a franchise quarterback, as they would say. You know, what I mean, you don't have a franchise quarterback. So then, two years in a row, you have David Cully, one year rental, gets fired. They do nothing to make the team better. Really, then they hire Lovey Smith, one year rental, gets fired. Same GM. Nick Casario. Same GM. Same owner. Yeah, make sure we say the same GM. GM safe. GM's the one that's putting this team together. You know, the thing about a lot of black coaches that when they get that first, I mean, when they get a job, you know, it's usually the places that are rebuilding and it's the it's the GMs that keep all the power to themselves and barely give any to the head coach. So what you're seeing a lot of times are GM's teams on the field and head coaches having to deal with a team that they didn't even get to choose. But then now we're going to punish black coaches who pretty much are really the only ones that are able to take some, the only ones that will take some of these jobs because look at the Houston job. They were ready to give it to Josh McCown until they got a bunch of black off of that. They got a bunch of blowback. Josh McCown was going to be the head coach of the, of the Texans. And they made him look bad. So then what they do, let's go get lucky. He's already here. He's already here. He was a he was a he was he was like the tenth option. He wasn't you know what I mean? So it's just like when is this gonna stop? I think he if I'm not mistaken, he's the only we talked we did this last year when he got hired. The only black coach to get hired a third time and most haven't gotten hired a second time. Right? Herm Edwards did. Uh I'm sure there's a couple more. Dennis Green, obviously Tony Dungy, uh the Hall of Famer, and the list is not very long. We'll see if our guy Vance Joseph in Arizona, he's one of the leaders in the clubhouse, but we hear that Michael Bidwell wants to get the GM locked in. Also today, though, uh, Adam Peters turned down the Niners and talking to people, uh, I mean, from the Niners, turned down the Cardinals interview because they think it's going to be Adrian Wilson or the other guy. Everyone always, in the beginning of the process, names four or five blackhead coaches that they say are perfectly qualified and out of nowhere, a young white quarterbacks coach or you know a young white offensive coordinator comes around and it's like, oh, we don't give him the job. But then people have the nerve to even say that Eric Benemy is not qualified. But then, you know, these are my guy. I like like you know you got guys like Staley, Brandon Staley. What? How long has he been like really in the league? Well, he was a coordinator for one year. But then you and have he was guys, head coach. But then you have guys 
Literally, you have guys that are lifers. You have guys that are lifers. And then here's the other thing, even going back to the lifer thing. You have a black offensive coordinator that has been calling plays. And Eric Benemy this year, who once again will go through this whole bullshit, you know, coaching search just so teams can abide by the Rooney rule. Like this is just it's just it's it's getting to a point where this is just pure madness because they're just showing you this shit to your face and they know they don't really they're not really gonna change. And it says, how do you think this makes it feel to the players who are majority black that most, you know, most, when it comes to leadership positions, they don't think that we're qualified. And you can say that things are better now or this or that. How many black head coaches we got in the league? How many black GMs we got in the league? How many black players, though? It's it's significant, right? It's 70%, 65-70% of players. But then we're also talking about it. So then we're also talking about nepotism, too. So how many coaches in this league have a parent that was in this league? Well, there's about 110 of them. How many GMs in this league have a, a, a parent that was a coach or something that got them in? So then it, 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 we're not doing anything to make it better. The Rooney rule, you're just seeing teams make a mockery of it all the time. So I'm just saying it needs to be changed, but also it needs to be accountability. And yeah, you can say, oh, well, their contracts, they still get paid. I'm pretty sure they would still rather have a fucking job. Yeah. Just like anybody, and then this is and this is where it's, it's getting frustrating. Because what if I wanted to become a coach? That definitely just made it that I, I would never want to coach. You know that the, you know what I mean? Like it's like shit like that where, like you said, you got black coaches not even getting hired a second time, and then you see in these coaches truly like triple up, quadruple up on jobs when they really aren't that even that good. And so it's just it's it's, and I always said the the way you the way you combat this is when you start getting representation and ownership when you start getting representation and and leadership positions, uh, GM positions and stuff. Then those stereotypes kind of go out the window because now the people that are making decisions look just like how I do, and they're not going and they're not seventy year old seventy years old going off of shit that they. They heard, you know, they heard when they were fucking, when they were 12. And one other thing, too, is it relates to Denver's coaching search, where a lot of people think it's a two-person race with Harbaugh and Peyton. I think Dan Quinn will get in that mix, too. They already talked to defensive coordinator Giro Rivero, and then today I think it surprised some folks. They talked to Jim Caldwell, who you go look at Jim Caldwell's numbers. Peyton Manning doesn't get hurt. He might still be the coach of the Colts. <laughs> so there's that, because he had him in the playoffs with Peyton. And then he got the Lions to the playoffs twice. The Lions, who do not go to the playoffs a lot. Jim Caldwell, he's 62-50 and 50 overall, only 2-4 and four in the playoffs. But the point is, he's coached in six playoff games, and then they're also going to talk to Raheem Morris and D'Amico Ryans. I think, ultimately, D'Amico Ryans makes sense in Houston because it's like, look, we're bringing home our own guy. He is also African-American. He's a hell of a defensive coach. Go get him a good young play caller. They've got all these draft picks. To me, it almost makes too much sense for Ryans to go back to a place where he was a star. We'll see how it all shakes out and... And if the I, I won't be surprised too if the Broncos I tweeted this today add David Shaw at least to the interview list because of Condoleezza Rice she's in every meeting and the Penner the Penners Greg and and Carrie Walton Penner were at Stanford and and have t close ties there and have lived in the Bay Area the last two decades uh, for the most part so uh, that would be five of the eight candidates you know talking about Jim Caldwell going going back to Jim Caldwell though the, you see how you know pretty much they you know they went to the playoffs twice. Then they fired him. 
And this year is the best record they've had since they fired Jim Caldwell. And and that's and that's what we always just you know going back to the Texans thing. It's just uh, you know for what it looks like for black coaches is that we're holdovers until you can find a real coach or a real until you have a real shot at winning. Until you have that real shot at winning, okay, black coach is fine. But the minute that you feel like you have a chance to win, oh, let's go get the real ball coach. And you know, as a, as a black man, I'm just tired of feeling like that. I think that it's a fair sentiment, and it's not unique to you. It'll be interesting to see how these jobs shake out, and if any new openings, if if the Chargers get their brakes beat off, you know, Staley played Mike Williams and Joey Bosa and Derwin James a whole bunch. Mike Williams ends up hurting his back. And Austin Eckler was out there. Herbert, I sort of get you only had two quarterbacks active. You can keep your quarterback kind of protected, but they all played. And then it, it certainly brings Mike Williams status into question. They get their break speed off and Sean Payton's available. Do the Chargers go that route? Like I mentioned, McCarthy, this carousel is always fascinating, but your points are, are certainly more than valid. I do know this. You have a playoff game, so I cannot take up too much more of your time as you were getting ready to go out and try to not only play well in your first playoff game, but go win a game against a team in your division. So it's your podcast with your name on it. I just work here. Uh, we didn't really get into Sean McVay. Let's, we'll see what his future holds, but I don't want to take up more of your time because I know you got to keep getting those legs right. So final thought from you. Oh, yeah. Man, my final thought is, you know, it's truly a blessing just to be able to play this great game of football. And so I can't wait to play this game of football, this great game of football in the playoffs. We appreciate you making it all the way to the end. Rating review is five stars, and we will see you next week. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.